You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to a new episode of the Rua Space Podcast. I'm Phil Vestal. And I am Erin Vestal. And we're glad to have you here with us while we explore making space for the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. And this podcast is the next in our current study, which is about the Lord's Prayer. So, so far we've been going line by line, and I think there's been an episode or two where Phil's done an exercise with you on using a line specifically in a way of praying. This week, we are on the line where Jesus teaches us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's a really cool line because it's not just in the prayer, but... Right after the prayer is done, he says, For if you forgive men what they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So it's almost like Jesus goes ahead and says, Hey, for this particular line, here's a little clarification on what I was meaning. Yeah, like I really meant what I said. (laughs) (laughs) It really was important. (laughs) Jesus is like, Don't miss that line. Like that's really important. So what we kind of want to do in this episode is explore forgiveness a little bit. But then really dive into that part of what does it mean to forgive someone else? How do we go about it? Um, What does it mean? Because, for for example, forgiveness isn't forgetting. Forgiveness is about you. Forgiveness is linked to what you believe you've received. So we kind of want to dive into each one of those points. But kind of starting with the forgive us our sins, that in and of itself, I think if you're a Christian, you sort of get used to, oh yeah, God forgives our sins. Mm -hmm. But do we realize just how deep and amazing that really is? Well, I think one of the things that is important to remember is that sin is any time we turn away from God and towards something else. And so as humans, we tend to rate sins as worse than others. And so it's not uncommon to say like, well, yeah, sure, I'm a little prideful, but at least I didn't murder somebody. Or, well, you know, I kind of looked at them and had a thought in my mind and that, yeah, that wasn't great, but at least I didn't go out and beat someone up. Or, you know, we, we justify the sins that we have to feel better about what we aren't doing. But the truth is when it really comes down to God's heart, what God cares about is us loving him. And any time that we break off that relationship with God towards something else, those are the sins. And so when we can admit that we have turned away from God in moments throughout our day, that is where the power of this prayer is coming in because we're admitting that we aren't perfect and we have fallen short. Well, and sin, no matter how large or small, always breaks relationship with ourselves, others, God, and creation. And so in some way, sin is sin because it hurts somebody, mm-hmm. even if it's just yourself or your relationship with God. See, people often look at sin like, oh, a list of things God doesn't want me to do. And it's like, as if it's arbitrary, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. I wish this weren't a sin. But the point is God created us to thrive. And any time we do something that takes away the peace, the shalom of all things, that's a sin. Mm-hmm. And so the beauty of it is God doesn't leave us in that. 
and say, figure it out yourself. I mean, this has been one of the biggest things for me, which is a fundamental thing of the faith, right? You become a Christian when you accept that like Jesus forgives your sins, right? Is is the Died way to sins, life. Right. But over the last number of months, as I've spent more time in spiritual disciplines, it's really just hit home how amazing it is that God loves me for me and that my sins can be forgiven. There's this beautiful story that I once heard. Um, I believe Rob Bell told it in his, in one of his tours. And he was talking about this woman having visions in Africa. And she's having visions of Jesus, right? And some of the other local religious leaders didn't like this very much, right? So they come to her and they say, if you're really having visions, next time you see Jesus, ask him what I last confessed in my last time of confessional, right? And so she says, okay, you know, I don't, I don't know their exact words, right? But okay, she'll do it. Other religious leader leaves for some amount of time. And then of course, again, hears that she's been having visions again, which we can't have that, right? You know, so he goes to her and he says, did you remember when, you know, to ask Jesus the question I asked you? And um, she says, I, I did. And he says, well, what did Jesus say that I confessed last time? And she said, I asked Jesus what you confessed in your last time of confessional. And his response was, I don't remember. And I just love that story. I love the story because it's the idea of separating our sin as far as the east is from the west, right? I mean, if you ever think about a globe, it's actually interesting. If you go north, eventually you're going to start going south again, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't avoid it. But if you go east, you can literally go east forever. <laughs> the globe just keeps on spinning. Right. And you can literally go west forever. So east is from the west is an infinity. And so foundational to our faith is we are forgiven. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to live in guilt forever because that's what that sin is. Right? It burdens us down. Right. It's like baggage we carry with us and we can actually be free from it, which is just amazing that Jesus life, death and resurrection offers that forgiveness. But the prayer takes it one step further. And this has been another thing I've been exploring kind of recently because it doesn't just say come to the father and say, forgive me my sins. It's a forgive us our sins. Mm -hmm. This is, again, part of the nature of this prayer being a communal prayer, mm -hmm. that we're praying it for ourselves, but we're also praying for one another, praying for God, forgive us as humans for the injustice we perpetuate. Mm -hmm. Forgive us for the way we haven't cared for creation. Forgive us for being a system where a few are at the top and many are pushed down to the bottom. Mm -hmm. Forgive me for, forgive us for even thinking of such a things. Forgive us, Lord, for the atrocities we commit against one another. Even if you've never killed anybody or been in a war, there's a sense in which as humans, we are just sometimes an ugly bunch. Mm -hmm. And so forgive us is a sense of God. We confess before you that you meant for everyone to thrive. And we collectively have not done a good job at that. You know, with that idea of corporate sin or collective sin, um, there's things as a culture that we engage in, especially as capitalists in our consumerist culture. And, you know, there's when you start looking into the, the slave trade that's going on right now, both um, of human trafficking, both labor trafficking and sex trafficking, it's interesting because the cheaper we want things as consumers, uh, the more expensive it most likely is for somebody else to have made that possible. So our uh, our gain is their loss. And so there's a website you can actually go to 
And um, I have not gotten to personally do this, but I'm excited to get to. I would really encourage you to take a look as well. It's called slaveryfootprint.org. Put in the show notes. And we'll put in the show notes. And word on the street is it'll take you probably a half an hour to go through, but you put in the things your family typically consumes, uh, foods and clothing and what you typically buy. It'll ask you questions. And then at the end, it will spit out a number for you and say a ballpark of about how many slaves it takes around the world to provide and sustain the lifestyle you're living for you. I think it's sobering for us to realize that the very culture we live in, many, if not most of the things that we even just go to purchase have had some element of slave labor in making them. And so when you realize that there's these great injustices and sins being done in the world, and even when we personally aren't intending for that to be done, by living in the culture many of us who are listening are a part of, we are perpetuating those sins um, are playing a role. And so I would love to do an episode later where we can discuss more of what you're able to do in this particular arena to make a difference. But yeah, that element of a collective sin, I think is really powerful because it isn't just about what we are aware of doing as much as what we are a part of just by being people Absolutely. in a culture. <laughs> no, for sure. And that's something we repent of. And then of course, repent means to turn. So there's a sense in which asking for God's forgiveness, we then don't need to continue living with the guilt. But we also, as God makes clear in a passage like Jeremiah 7, when the people were like, hey, we've got the temple, so we're okay. And he's like, yeah, you come here, you ask for forgiveness, then you go back and do the same things, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, that's not going to work. And, and he so, says he's sick of it. He yeah. doesn't want to hear the hymns and the well, songs. And... Right, unless there's justice, right? right? So there's a sense in which when we ask God to forgive us, we're also asking Again, this already follows in the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, that God provides everything. Forgive us when we haven't done your will, which is justice for all. Forgive us when we haven't trusted you to take care of us, but instead of oppress someone to get it in our own way. So we ask for that forgiveness, but then we also need to change. And again, this is a much larger conversation of how do we even live in this country, right? Oh yeah, this is just one small example. but, (laughs) But that is sort of the example of forgive us collectively. Right. But then what that also sort of leads in then to is God forgives us, which is beautiful, that we only live by God's mercy and grace, which is a perspective shift then, because it means we can't really rely on ourselves, which again comes from give us as their daily bread, right? Everything in this prayer is building and intertwined, and it all returns to God being on the throne. But this freedom to know, God, I've messed up and you still love me. I'm going to mess up in the future and you're, you're still going to love me. That's why Paul says in Romans, nothing can separate us from the love of God. So first and foremost, this is a freedom. This is a God inviting us to say, I will forgive you if you turn to me mm-hmm. and asking God now to reshape us in a new way. So first, accept that as a beautiful invitation mm-hmm. that God loves you, that God can forgive you whatever you've done, that grace abounds, that it is beyond whatever you could have done, whatever you're doing today, right? It is beyond that and you can be forgiven. You're invited to be free from that. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready to take that next step and like Phil said, when you need to, when you need to repent and turn and make different life choices, The beautiful thing is God says when it comes to wisdom, ask and you will receive. 
So when you don't know what it looks like to live differently and you don't know how to repent because this is your habit, this is your pattern, this is what you've done for years, God is a God who is so much bigger and he is delighted to teach you. And we believe fully that can be other people coming alongside you. I think other people can be the voice um, God uses to teach us, to lead us to new things. There's, you know, revelations through scripture again, and that's where disciplines can help you to be in touch with the Holy Spirit so that you can be guided and shaped into these new ways as you continue to seek his forgiveness and accept the grace and mercy that our God wants to bestow on you. And that that's the foundation for entering into the second part of the prayer. Yes. That when we understand the depth of our sin and the even deeper nature of God's grace, that opens us to be able to forgive those who have sinned against us. So there's this amazing parable in Matthew 18, and I think this really exemplifies so much of it. It's about a man who is forgiven a really great debt. So he owes, you know, beyond what he ever could have possibly paid his, you know, the person he owed back. And the master forgives him this huge debt that he owes, right? But then this man goes out and goes to someone who owed him a much smaller debt. So this man had like begged at the feet of the master. Um, He said, be patient with me and I'll pay back everything. And the master took pity on him and canceled it. But when he goes out and a person who owed him a much smaller debt basically says the same thing, be patient with me and I'll pay you back, like pretty much the same words, he refuses to forgive that smaller debt. And so what happens is the master hears about it, right? Calls him a wicked servant and then throws him over to the jailers, right? It even says to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. Point of the story being, there's a sense in which this servant thought he got off the hook because he was lucky. Mm. Like he didn't get, he didn't really understand what had happened. He was still living in an economy where there's no forgiveness for debt. So the fact that the master let him off, he must have thought that guy's an idiot, right? Like he just doesn't know what he's doing. I'm the luckiest guy alive. What he didn't realize is the master was showing him an all new economy. Mm. And what I mean by economy is a way things work, right? This is a whole new kingdom. He's like, whatever kingdom you thought you were living in where someone has a debt and they've got to pay it until they, you know, even if they never could possibly pay it, we're going to torture you out of you. The master says, no, 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 there's an all new way of things going on now. You're just forgiven. Mm-hmm. But then he goes out and won't forgive someone else. He doesn't get that there's an all new story being told. Mm. And that story is basically the story of Jesus where Jesus says, all is forgiven. And this is why we can go and forgive. Because we no longer live in a tit for tat, in a you have this debt and you must pay it. Jesus exemplifies for us, all your sins are forgiven. How can we not go and forgive others. This is why he's so serious after the prayer and says, if you can't forgive, you're not forgiven. Why? Because you don't understand the system. It's a free system. Anyone's welcome to enter into, but you're not getting lucky. You're not like getting off the hook per se. This is just an all new thing happening. So to me, the power of the story is, do we get the depth of what God has done for us? And if we get the depth of it, then that opens us to forgive others because we look at our own sin and say, man, I've messed up. 
Even if I've never murdered anybody, I've hurt people. I've hurt myself. I've hurt my relationship with God. I've hurt creation. And even as you were talking about with slave trading, I've partaken in systems that have deeply wounded people. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a part of that system, right? Like it's impossible that you're not a part of that system. Especially if you're listening on a smartphone. Right. Right, right there is a justice right. issue. And some of those things, again, you should listen to the economics episode. You know, you can't, right. we can't get out of some of those things. But that's where this grace comes in, right? right? But that depth of the grace that then when someone harms us, how can we not forgive? So I think something that's related to what you've been talking about is sometimes somebody can hurt us really deeply. And I'm sure many of you listening have had experiences, personal ones, where somebody has wounded you just in a really deep way. And it can be hard to psychologically keep in mind, well, God forgave me, so I'm going to forgive them. Because it can feel like we're letting go of this injustice that's been done to us. And while we may accept that God is now our justice uh, advocate. He's the one who's going to be dishing out the justice and revenge is no longer on our hands. It can be really painful to let it go. And one thing that's helped me, I think that's helped both of us, has been the practice of sometimes when we're hurt so much that you can't yet extend forgiveness to the other person because it does take time, that we can look at ourselves and we can say, forgiving doesn't let them off the hook for what they've done, but it will help me find peace and healing. And that journey is a really powerful one. So our God is a God who wants and desires that we are whole people. And when he came to bring redemption to the world, he wants to redeem our brokenness. And when we hold a sin that someone has done against us and keep it in our hearts, it causes it to fester and that sin keeps hurting us and by keeping it and not extending forgiveness there's a way in which we're really continuing to wound ourselves and the other person in all likelihood has moved on and is entirely unaware that you're harboring this anyway so that aspect sometimes of forgiving and extending forgiveness so that you can be made healthy and whole can help us on our journey to that point where we're able to say, okay, God, you forgave me with love and mercy. Now I will forgive them with love and mercy. Sometimes that step I think is necessary in healing. Yeah, it's freeing for us. Sometimes forgiveness isn't even about the other person. I mean, it is, but sometimes it's even more just about us. Yeah. About not, I mean, that's like a weight that we carry around. And And it sounds a little selfish because we, I think we hear this, that if you're being biblical, it's you're extending that grace and mercy that we, like we first talked about. But I think this step is what helps us learn how to do it and get that habit so that we don't always have to have this step to step on to extend forgiveness. Well, and that's why forgiveness isn't forgetting. Right. Right. There's a difference. Forgiveness, and that's super important. Forgiveness is giving up the, the claim to revenge, mm-hmm. to the, it's my right to get even. Right. It's a step to freeing yourself from what they've done to you. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean it won't still hurt. That doesn't mean that they may not need to go to prison. That doesn't mean that they, that you have to stay in a relationship with them. That doesn't mean that there's not consequences. Yes. The forgiveness is saying, I'm no longer going to hate you and wish that you were dead, for example, right? Mm -hmm. I'm no longer going to allow you to continue to control me through this. 
Mm-hmm. I'm still very damaged by what you did. I'm still very hurt. I'm still grieving. I may never be able to be in a normal relationship with you again. Maybe, right? The Holy Spirit could work that out. This isn't saying you're just all of a sudden buddy-buddy with them again, right? No. I mean, this is why, for example, if you're being abused by someone, like if you're being like beaten by a spouse, forgiveness doesn't mean... Yeah, forgiveness doesn't mean staying with them. Right. You can forgive them and get away. Right. It's not... Forgiveness, I think, sometimes we feel if we forgive, we are weak. And then we are no longer allowed to have boundaries to protect ourselves. And that is totally not the case. A for, for, to truly forgive somebody is to release the need to punish them or create a, a balanced equation, so to speak. They've wronged me. I need to now hurt them equally. And when we can release that, now we are free to say, you know what? This, this relationship isn't working or this is a very broken situation I need to step out of or this ministry is not the place for me because things are happening that are not biblical. You have the permission of your Heavenly Father to step away from those situations and stepping away does not mean that you have not extended forgiveness because we are completely allowed to have boundaries to protect ourselves and those we love and sometimes that is just necessary well there's a sense then in which forgiveness is taking the power back that they may have taken away Mm -hmm. that now you feel like that hurt is so much that you have to get back there's a sense in which forgiving is saying no i'm not going to allow that Mm -hmm. to have that same level of control over me and you may not you may not forget it you may not have that relationship but you are now free to not hate because that's a burden that you weren't created for. See, I mean, this goes back again to God desires the best thing for all of us. Right. And harboring hatred and anger only causes ulcers and high blood pressure and stress and a lack of an ability to be present for you. Because right. now you're just living in the past and saying, my past now must determine my future. Forgiveness is saying, no, 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 the tomb is empty. I get to start new again. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we then get to that point where we can pray for that person. Because here's the other part that saying forgive us our sins before forgiving others is important because we then recognize that in my own sin, all sin comes out of pain, right? Or it comes out of a desire that's been twisted. So when we sin, it's because somewhere in our story, we've, we've been hurt or we're trying to cover up some sort of wound, or we're trying to fulfill some hole in ourselves, mm-hmm. and we do it in a way that doesn't really fulfill it. So when we ask God for forgiveness and we explore our own story, we come to realize that God understands that and God forgives us. But as we grow in maturity and as we grow in grace and mercy and forgiveness, what we realize is that that other person that harmed us was also covering up some sort of pain or some sort of wound or some sort of hole. And that doesn't excuse it. Mm -hmm. But that is to say that we, all as humans, are very much the same in the sense that we have all messed up, that we all are trying to fill these holes. And so when someone does something that's, I mean, I think of this and, you know, this is, again, another really long conversation, but I think of this even in terms of something like terrorism, right? I mean, I remember walking through a refugee camp in the West Bank of Palestine and seeing buildings just completely blown to pieces and thinking to myself, 
you know, if if I had been told as a child, yeah, your dad who happened to be in there and wasn't a bad guy was killed and the Christians did that, I'd probably have a little problem with Jesus and I might be angry and do something that hurts someone and that would then be my story. And I was walking around there, I'm like, how easy it's been that I was born in this country Mm -hmm. to the parents I was born to and I've still made mistakes that have deeply hurt people. So if I were born though in someone else's story, is it not likely that I could make those same mistakes? And that aspect of exploring your story and recognizing where it is, I would just like to throw out there right now too, because forgiveness can be such a difficult thing for us to do healthily, that this is an excellent time if you have a big thing you need to forgive, or there's been something in your past you're trying to work through, that counselors, especially a Christian counselor, can be a really great person to help you work through how to forgive and keep healthy boundaries because sometimes especially if it's something that's perpetuated or has happened numerous times or it's now your expectation that this behavior would happen to you because it has happened so many times maybe it's even like a friendship thing or the types of people you end up dating or what have you a therapist a counselor some a trusted advisor who has a grasp on psychology is a really great resource or can be a really great resource to have a listening ear to work through how you can forgive and how you can make those safe boundaries that we're talking about because it can be tricky. Well, and they're going to help you explore your own story, right? And I mean, I don't know if there's a quote from somebody, but there's a sense in which you can't change the past, but you can decide where you're going next. Yeah. And that really is part of what forgiveness is about is we can't change what happened but we can decide how we're gonna go forward. Mm -hmm. And that's what we believe is so important about awareness and mindfulness is living in the present, that here I am. Whatever's happened, this is where I am. How can I live to my fullest life here and now? And Jesus has said forgiveness is central to living in the present here and Mm -hmm. now. And, and, And connected kind of to all of this and underneath the surface of all of this to me is Ephesians chapter six, where it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, this is verse 12, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Brothers and sisters, your fight is not against other people. Hmm. It's against evil in the world that exists in all of us and comes out in different ways towards our spouse, our kids, our neighbors, our co-workers, And forgiveness is saying, I understand that that came out, but our true nature is meant to be in relationship with God, the Holy Spirit guiding us. And so our fight, when someone hurts us, your fight isn't really against that person. It's against the the part of their story or the thing within them that drove them to do that. And again, that doesn't mean you have to be in a relationship still, but there's a sense in which we were slaves to sin too, Paul says. But when we come to know Christ, we become slaves of righteousness. It frees mm. us from that. Mm. Someone who doesn't know Christ, they're operating according to what their master has said. The problem isn't them. The problem is Satan. The problem is evil. The problem is the sin, right? right. And that we had that same struggle and we were freed. This is the difference between the Pharisee standing at the temple saying, Thank you, God. Look how great I am. Thank you. I'm not like that person back there. And the tax collector just in the back saying, Lord, forgive me a sinner, right? That, that's a pretty simple prayer we can repeat. Lord, mm. have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm. Like in and of itself, that's a whole prayer. And it opens you up to realize so many things about the world to say, I am a sinner. 
And so I can forgive because I've been forgiven. I can forgive not of my own strength, but because God's mercy and grace is so abundant that I'm simply passing on what I've been given because this is an all new economy where it doesn't rely on my strength. This isn't about me being able to do this. This is just me recognizing that I'm in a different sort of kingdom where we don't keep debt in this way, where sin isn't the ruler. Sin just keeps sneaking in and we keep saying mercy, grace, love, justice in response to it. And that's freeing then. And that's why God says you can, you're now forgiven because you recognize that this is the kingdom you were created for. When you live out of that kingdom, well, of course you're forgiven because you're showing you are a part of it. So we would encourage you then this week as you are praying this line of the Lord's Prayer and weeks to follow, of course, that when you, that you would stop and say, forgive us for our sins. And then think about both your collect the collective sins that we are part of because of our culture, as well as your personal sins. And not only surrender and ask for forgiveness for them, but to take time and space to receive and be aware of the grace and mercy God is extending to you, as well as to ask for that wisdom that you may be able to truly repent, which means to take the time and space to start to live and act differently. If we go every day asking for forgiveness for the same sins, but fail to make any changes with our life, that is not true repentance. And as believers, we want we want to repent as part of our ask for forgiveness. So accepting that grace and mercy and then praying for the wisdom and the willpower and the guidance to truly repent. And then to take space and time after the next part of this section, which is the uh, as we forgive others who sin against us. And we'd really encourage you to think about the sins that have been done against you and which ones are you still carrying around that you might not even be aware you are holding until you start seeking after uh, that weight that you carry. And to take that time to start exploring what has been done to you that still hurts and how can you surrender that to God and find that healing and peace because God wants you to be a whole person and the sin of the world, the evil one will want to make a dent in you using it And God is so much bigger. And he says, no, 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 no. I have a plan for this. If you can forgive, then I can make you whole once more. And like Phil said, you can go forward with a new story, with a different track to your life. So brothers and sisters, may you find the freedom that Christ offered you in his life, death, and resurrection. That God offers you every moment of every day. Freedom from your own sin and guilt freedom to be who God made you to be, and freedom from carrying the burden of other sins against you. God wants you to live a life of thriving, of shalom, of peace and justice. And the foundation of that is forgiveness. So as you pray this prayer, may you find that freedom as you grow closer to Christ and make space for the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace be with you.